Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Um, we obviously are traveling, Stephanie and I, in our floating home. People want to know where we are. So right now, we are in Hilton Head, South Carolina. We're getting ready to move a little further south of Florida in just another week or so. But I've got another fantastic interview for you today. Audrey Dove is my guest, and she is the host of Brand and New. It's a podcast uh, of the International Trademark Association, which is a global association of brand owners and professionals. Brand and New focuses on the intersection of innovation and intellectual property and presents forward-thinking conversations with experts and visionaries from business, legal, and government sectors. Audrey is a uh, French-born lawyer. She's actually uh, calling in from Paris right now. <laughs> and she's also an entrepreneur based in the States and, as I said, France. She is currently a consultant in IP and technology. As a beverage sector entrepreneur, she developed a brand for a functional drink in the United States that won a lot of prestigious prizes. I could ask her about that. Previously, after years in private practice as an IP lawyer, Audrey became the global intellectual property director of the leading wine and spirits company. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Pernod Ricard, I'm guessing. Uh, Paris, France. She built and implemented its anti-counterfeiting programs in key markets around the world. I'm really excited to talk to her. Audrey, how are you doing today? Very good. Thanks for having me, Jim. Yeah, I, th I don't know. In seven years of doing my podcast, I think you're my first guest from Paris. I mean, I've talked to people in England, Australia, <laughs> the Netherlands, Canada, but um, I, we were my first guest from Paris. And uh, as I mentioned in the green room, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. My wife and I are uh, planning a trip to Paris this fall, so um, I'll have to catch you. It's we'll maybe have idea. a conversation later and, and learn some good tips from you. Um, so I'm really curious. I mean, obviously, uh, the IP is a, it's it's kind of like the wild, wild west, you know, with the whole internet and things like that. So I got a lot of questions there. But I want to ask you about the being a beverage sector entrepreneur. Is that wine-based or energy drink-based? What is that about? Absolutely not. There is no alcohol uh, in it. Uh, there's very low sugar. It's an organic fair trade drink uh, that is uh, composed of a fruit uh, coming from Africa called the baobab fruit. And it's a magical fruit, uh, very rich in nutrients. And, uh, you know, it's produced uh, by a tree, so the baobab tree, that has a lot of histories uh, around it. It can live more than 2,000 years. Uh, so you can imagine, uh, you know, how um, exciting it is to, to work and to develop um, a product, so a drink that you will offer to consumers uh, with such basic ingredients. And what is the name of the fruit? Baobab, B-A-O-B-A-B. And, uh, you know, it's really the, the, the tree you can imagine when you think of African um, landscapes, 
Uh, it's all over the place in uh, Eastern Africa, in South Africa, and it's a beautiful tree. Wow. I've never heard of that, but, you know, I think five years ago, I didn't know what stevia was either. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it, it's funny how some of these, uh, here we are, so hundreds and hundreds of years later, we're, we're discovering some of these things. So that's interesting. Have, have you always uh, been an entrepreneur? Did you go right into law school after uh, college? Or? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I'm from a family of entrepreneurs, and uh, I was the only one who decided to go to law school and to become an attorney. And uh, I spent around 20 years uh, working for law firms and uh, for companies. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Pernod Ricard. Um, but at the end, I really wanted to, I think, to, to test and to be on the ground uh, and, uh, and try my and open my own business. Wonderful. And your first business was that um, the becoming, a, you know, focusing on trademarks and things like that, intellectual property? Um, my f very first business is this beverage um, business. Okay. But you can also uh, concede that when you are a lawyer, to a certain extent, you are also an entrepreneur. Uh, you are independent. You develop your own, um, you know, clientele, uh, your customers. Uh, so you, you have a sense of the service you have to provide uh, to, to your clients, to your, to, to your customers. So it's, uh, I think it, it was probably an introduction to my uh, new venture, the one uh, I created uh, more recently. And when did you start your podcast? I started my podcast a year and a half ago, uh, thanks to uh, the International Trademark Association. Uh, this association produces the podcast, and uh, I'm the host. And uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a very nice uh, project uh, to you know uh, target and to work on probably the most interesting topics of our times and IP intellectual property has a big role to play uh, in this, uh, in all of these topics. So that's interesting. So um, it's a podcast. It's um, done in conjunction with the International Association, and they hired you as the host? Yes. Wow. That's yes. a good gig. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Thank mean, you. that says a lot about, uh, you know, your credentials in, in that space. I mean, there's so much confusion, Audrey. A lot of the folks that listen to my show are entrepreneurs and some of them, uh, you know, especially when you're getting new to the in online marketing, they have questions and concerns. I mean, there's things about trademarks, there's copyrights. How do you keep somebody from taking your stuff, copying your stuff? Can you kind of give a, just even a little bit of a, well, we'll call it a primer course in a few minutes on the difference between copyright, trademark and, and things like that? All of these are different uh, intellectual property rights, so they protect different things. Um, you know, um, a trademark uh, will help to distinguish a product or service uh, from other products or services. So just think about, I don't know, Coca-Cola or Nike or any, any brand you have, uh, you have in mind. Uh, copyright will protect the work uh, of heart uh, will um, protect, you know, uh, li um, a written um, original uh, documents or creation. Um, 
a patent uh, will protect an invention, something new. So you, you have um, these whole um, categories of intellectual property rights that help to cover uh, all the invention, creations uh, that come from uh, humans. And that's, uh, I, I think it's extremely uh, reassuring to have uh, this spectrum of rights um, that protect that protects you when, uh, when when you create or when you invent something. Is it um, how hard is it to protect? Like you know, I mean, people like it's so easy with WordPress sites and things. Audrey, they put up a blog, they share some um, like what you call free reports or white papers. You know, when you opt into a website, even a podcast, people are putting out tons and tons of content. Should they even be? concern at that level about protecting their stuff or I mean is it just inevitably if it's good it's probably going to get copied somewhere oh, that's a very good question it's difficult uh, you know with so much content as you mentioned Jim all over the place it's difficult to protect content the question is whether this content is original uh, needs to be protected and it's not necessarily the case so it's the question that you know the person who uh, will publish uh, some content will have uh, to have to himself or herself. Uh, so that's not obvious. Um, you know, sometimes uh, it's also, you know, think of, of Instagram, for instance. Sometimes it's also encouraged to uh, reproduce some uh, content or some pictures because you can um, touch more, uh, a, a bigger audience. So it's really about, uh, you know, the originality, so the protectability of the right itself, of the creation or the invention itself, and what you want to do with it. Hmm. Very, it's, it's, um, I think when I don't, I think I mentioned it when right in the green room, um, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. I've heard people describe it like that. It, <laughs> it really is. Um, you know, it, when you see people, uh, sometimes, you know, I put out a lot of content. <clears throat> I have my own quotes, my own sayings and things like that. And then you see it used somewhere. For me, I think, you know, I just kind of grimace and shrug my shoulders because <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know if it's pick your battles. It's probably not a fight not worth winning. But are there some practices or secrets that you use or that you uh, help your clients with where they can get a hold of this, this kind of uh, trademark? infringements? That's a good question. Uh, you know, it's uh, about having, uh, you know, the source mentioned. Um, when a, a, a trademark is um, reproduced, is copied without uh, the consent of its owner, you always have uh, some solutions. You can always make some claims because that's also the interest of intellectual property. It's, it exists absolutely everywhere. Uh, you know, um, that, that's uh, interesting. Uh, I made a, a study on uh, the international protection of intellectual property rights. And, you know, there are very, very few territories where the protection is not ensured properly. Uh, you have uh, conventions, treaties that have been signed by, um, you know, many countries. You have the world international, uh, the, the world intellectual property organization, 
uh, that also ensures the, the, you know, the, the applicability and uh, the good protection of rights. Uh, you have in each country their own legislation. Uh, you have uh, in certain countries some courts that are specialized in intellectual property. So in other words, to answer your question, you are never alone uh, when talking about the protection and the defense of your intellectual property rights. Uh, can be copyright, can be trademarks, can be patents. Uh, you know, you're not, I, I would not say that you are in the wild, wild west. Um, I would even say on the contrary, you always have some measures you can take. The question is, uh, you know, the, the force and the, the strength of your own uh, rights and, uh, you know, the means you are ready to put to defend your rights and where and uh, how, etc. But the laws are there. Hmm. How would you, I've, I think I was reading in your, uh, some of your information, the intersection of innovation and intellectual property. Can you talk about that a little bit, Audrey? Sure. Maybe uh, first word, uh, you know, we, on, on IP right, uh, we are talking about trademarks, but, you know, uh, we mentioned copyright, we could mention patents. I would like also to mention trade secrets, and there are also other rights upon which creative and innovative products and services rely. Um, they definitely play a critical role in the economic growth, uh, in promoting innovation, uh, in giving companies a range of tools to help drive their success and in benefiting consumers and society through a continuous stream of innovative, competitive products and services. Uh, so intellectual property rights, for me, create incentives um, for individuals and companies to invest in research and development and to commercialize creations and inventions by allowing individuals and companies to benefit from their creative activities. So innovation could not be sustainable without the protection of intellectual property. And you know, Jim, uh, more and more companies value come from intangibles, including intellectual property. And that's very interesting. I read an article recently saying that in certain areas of the economy, it can even go beyond 80% of their values. So in my view, intellectual property, and I would not say only in my view, it's, I think it's, a, it, it, it's really common sense today, uh, intellectual property is not a topic for experts, it concerns absolutely everyone. What do you think, I mean, the, all the technology that's out today, Audrey, again, somebody, um, you know, 10 years ago, you know, if you want to have what we call today a podcast, you had to go work for a radio station. Um, I remember I started doing videos when uh, the little Kodak flip camera came out. It was like a hundred bucks. And before that, you needed like $2,000 for some kind of camera that would record you. I mean, people could literally broadcast all over the, the globe with their, with their cell phone and and just create content what what is the impact of all this new technology for you know brand owners mm -hmm. you're, you're right um, there are so many ways uh, technology is influencing customer behavior thinking and experiences uh, as well as brand owners uh, think of uh, smart devices that offer consumers real convenience um, uh, i recently read a study stating that 
75% of consumers say they bought a smart device to help keep their families safe and comfortable. So millennials, uh, according to this study, are more likely to adopt smart home technology compared to people from the, the generation X. And regarding brand owners today, whatever their size, they can reach global audiences with minimal investment and barriers to market entry. Uh, social media, digital streaming media, uh, you mentioned that also uh, mobile broadband networks, smart devices are uh, have assured uh, a new era of real-time, personalized, multi-channel communications that are really reshaping marketing and brand management principles. And of course, this comes with consequences. Uh, technologies have given a new space to threats that are forcing brand owners and also consumers uh, to rethink how to protect their assets or even themselves. Audrey, I'm curious about your podcast and the kind of guests that you interview and, you know, what, what do you believe are the most pressing issues or, or lessons to be learned today as it, as it relates to uh, innovation and intellectual property? Um, I would say, um, you know, IP is full part of the, the change occurring in our societies and economies. This is not, again, a topic for experts. Um, listening to my guests, so think about CEOs, entrepreneurs, um, professors of law, directors of uh, intellectual property offices, uh, lawyers, um, our ever-evolving environment requires that we keep our eyes open and care about what is real, what is important for each of us as individuals and as part of a community. And uh, I invite you to listen to podcasts we posted over the last few months about social responsibility, um, ethical values, and how they match with competitiveness and what I said also um, before about the, the role, the key role played by intellectual property. So, and when, when it, where can they find your podcast? Oh, uh, you can go to imta.org and subscribe to uh, Brand and You. Uh, all contacts are on the website. And, uh, also an exciting news, uh, we are bringing uh, the world's largest and most influential gathering of intellectual property professionals in Asia, so in Singapore precisely, um, one of the world's leading hubs in uh, IP activity uh, to offer the opportunity to expand your knowledge and your business in today's intellectual property uh, markets. And uh, we expect more than 10,000 people uh, who will talk about cutting edge topics and, and get fantastic opportunities for networking. And, and this meeting will, will take place uh, in April between 25th and 29th this year uh, in Singapore. And registration will open in the following days. What do it sounds interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. So I'm also curious about, um, you know, the other thing that's changed really, um, and I don't know the exact date, let's just say 10 years, I could be wrong, but self-publishing books. 
if somebody was mm-hmm. to self-publish a book rather than go through a large publisher, Simon Press or whatever, um, are there any special things they need to do? Or is the fact that they wrote the book and, you know, have a standard kind of boilerplate copyright language in the book, is there anything they need to do to protect that body of work? I would say it depends on the country where you want to protect uh, your uh, creation, okay. where you, you want to protect your book. You know, if it's, uh, you know, pure uh, U.S., uh, it will be only published in the U.S., for instance. Um, for American uh, people, there will be some procedures that you can follow, a registration you can obtain uh, to, to protect your creation. If it's in certain European countries, you will have other procedures to follow. So I would say the first question is, uh, first, the originality of your creation. Uh, the second is where uh, you, you want to exploit uh, this creation. And after that, you will have a, a whole um, bunch of options uh, to protect properly uh, your, your book. Got it. And is there anything that you should do with a podcast or is that just, I mean, at some point it gets silly, I think, just to, because unless there's an easy thing to do, it, you know, spending money to protect a, a podcast seems silly. What do you think? Oh, that's a, um, a good question. But let me ask you a question. What the, what would be the problem with the podcast? You mean someone who would uh, just, copy your the format of your podcast the concept what what or yeah i guess maybe exactly yeah, your I think podcast. that's probably more of a brand question than it because they're not going to just copy it and say it's their voice and not yours but um should people just yeah i'm going to withdraw the question because i think you want your podcast shared you want more people to hear it i guess i was thinking more of the brand um you know over the last uh you know 10 years since i started business coaching I've spent a lot of effort and time developing uh, the brand Dream Business Coach, Dream Business, Dream Business Academy, Dream Business, all the stuff Dream uh-huh. Business. And I see a lot of people use that in various forms. I've never really mm-hmm. had the desire or honestly the, the horsepower to go and change it because it's like, nah, it, it just seems difficult to do. Um, you know what I mean? So I just focus on growing my own business. Uh, have you... Uh, um applied for uh, a trademark um, in, in the U.S. with I didn't do, the I name didn't, of your... Yeah, I didn't do that for Dream Business, but, you know, the first uh, dozen years of myself being an entrepreneur, I created the Newsletter Guru. I created a company called No Hassle Newsletters, and, you know, we, we, were, we had clients in nine different countries, and I did get a federal trademark for No Hassle Newsletters and, and the Newsletter Guru. It took me, like, three or four years. I had to apply twice. It was quite the ordeal because um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it's like in Paris, but you know, there's some bureaucrats that don't fully understand marketing <laughs> and they, my, my first time out of the gate, they thought no hassle newsletters might be confused with the no hassle. Um, uh, one of the credit cards said it's the no hassle credit card. And I'm like, are you got to be kidding me? <laughs> you know? So I, I guess I mm-hmm. never went down that road. Yeah. You, you have, uh, you have few, uh, ways. Uh, you have unfair competition, for instance, if there's a podcast that is uh, developed by, you know, a 
competitor uh, who will use, uh, you know, the main characteristics of your podcast. You will always have some means to defend uh, your uh, creation in the sense that it's original. It has also a certain level, the name of your podcast has a level of distinctiveness. That's the criterion that is taken into account uh, to by, by judges if uh, tomorrow you decide to initiate an action against someone uh, who reproduces your assets. So I, I would say that you, you have, again, uh, like uh, um, a spectrum of solutions um, to protect yourself, but it has a cost, that's true. And uh, if you want to protect yourself uh, in or your assets in one country or two, it's fine if you have to protect in 60 countries or 100 countries or whatever it has to, and the podcast can be listened to in, in the whole world. <laughs> so yeah. that's, a, that's a question to, yeah, to, to put in the balance, uh, what, uh, what are the pros and cons? And after that, to defend yourself, of course, it has a cost too. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's, uh, there, are, there are many ways to, um, to ensure that, uh, you know, uh, we only hear your voice and not the one of the, the other company or the other individual who has copied you. So, right. yeah. Well, well, Audrey, I've really enjoyed uh, our conversation today. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you please share uh, how people can reach out to you and contact you for uh, learn a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So, INTA.org, the name of my podcast is uh, Brand and You. Uh, and it's produced by the International Trademark Association. Wonderful. Audrey, thank you so much for coming on Dream Business Radio. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Audrey Dovey. And um, she is calling in from Paris, France, and is quite the expert on uh, intellectual properties. Um, my name is Captain Jim Palmer. I'm the Dream Business Coach. And be sure to connect with me at getjimpalmer.com and dreambusinessacademy.com. Our next live event, it's a two-day um, summit where I'll teach you how to build a dream business. It's coming up in Orlando, Florida. It's February 13th and 14th, dreambusinessacademy.com. As I said, until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.